I wanna be the best in the game, invest in my name, check no restraints, I'm obsessed with the pain, I ingest, I retain, assess and I change, possessed by the thought I'll be free one day from society's restraints, money, clout and fame, mud disease, a plague, we all love to hate, have to play the game, have to make a name, all our insecurities are on This display. is war with the enemy, think that it was meant to be, living in a time where disease is on every screen. Hello listeners and welcome back to another episode of Tactical Awareness. I am joined by Owen and Dan uh, for yet another one of our Season 1 episodes on Beginner, Infinity, and 4 topics. Uh, This time around we're going to talk about the end of feeling like a beginner. Um, What does it look like, feel like, uh, what are some hallmarks that might mean that you are no longer actually... A beginner doesn't mean you're a salty, experienced veteran uh, with a million scars and a thousand like tales to tell about Infinity, Uh, but it does mean that you just you feel a little more like the tools to play the game are at hand, and you find yourself enjoying the games win, lose, or draw. So we're going to um, go through and talk about three separate items um, that might mean that you are ready to be no longer a beginner. Uh, And if that's useful for you, uh, then I hope you enjoy this episode. So let's dive in, uh, and I'm joined now by Owen and Dan. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 6 of season 1 of Tactical Awareness, um, where we are winding down our little beginner series. Well, not winding it down, but winding down the beginning of the beginning, um, as they say. Uh, With episode 6, when are you done being a beginner? Uh, so before we jump too far ahead into that, uh, we're going to do a little callback, catch up with everybody. Um, Owen and Dan are here, hear about how their weeks went in the hobby, uh, and do a little bit of housekeeping about episode five. It was a good one. It was, I like it when we bicker. Some people didn't like when we bicker, but <laughs> it's very real. Um, I cannot imagine almost any interaction with Owen and I, where Owen doesn't say something inflammatory and I, I argue with him about something. And in the last episode um, where we were doing our housekeeping about the topic of uh, managing tilt and getting good at like playing bad, um, we had a moment come up where Owen and I were talking about uh, face-to-face roles and whether or not a hacking program can be used face-to-face against shooting. And what was the answer, Owen? I believe you can. <laughs> that that is correct sir you can you definitely can 100 um, points 100 points to gryffindor uh slytherin negative 5000 uh so yeah so there is a there wait, is actually wait, 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 wait. pause if you're what? gryffindor and owen slytherin you're how am i you're a hufflepuff I'll, I'll, I'll take it i'll take it definitely hufflepuff i'll you're take 100 it 100 million percent of hufflepuff um actually there was a great graphic um shared in our rules discussion forum a dice roll cheat sheet and you can probably just uh google this actually just n4 dice roll cheat sheet and it has a whole like a bunch of um example sort of um like a chart of like when you compare shoot to shoot or dodge to dodge like when when is it a face-to-face roll and when is it a normal roll uh and i quite like that and it was a good way of like quickly looking through and, and knowing what it is. But basically the the short story long is if you're rolling dice and your opponent's rolling dice and they create a state or um, impact each other, then it's considered face-to-face. And no matter how weird sort of like universe-wise that feels, that's just the mechanic of the game. Uh, there was some other comments too about how people weren't super into 
the fact that we left the discussion open-ended with the like i'm 99 sure i'm right uh when you get into an argument sometimes it, you just have to walk away like sometimes there isn't going to be closure and one of the things that um i found especially when i'm talking with my friends about rules is when we actually sit down and finally read the rule and we both interpret it differently that's the point at which you have to put down and walk away like owen wasn't going to get convinced in that moment and i wasn't going to be convinced by owen and so putting it away and moving on is always the better thing and then going to a third party for arbitration in this case we went to the third party of the internet and you guys the listeners to hear what the what the what the consensus is in the universe and that feels like a healthier way to do it uh for me personally so i think that's probably how we'll end up doing it is we'll put a pin in it uh once we've actually read and analyzed the rule like we'll actually take the time to do that and if it doesn't if if we can't still agree then you got to go to a, to a third party and ask, i can't ask read so story. and that's right no one's never read a rule in his life he just <laughs> He's just, he's a, he's a, it's all intuition. You just, you just play what you think is how it should be. Schrodinger's brain. It's learning from Owen at the same time. Learning from Owen and from N3 to N4. And he's like, this is how things work. I'm like, okay, yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute. That's not how things work. Half of it is lies and half of it is the truth. I can't even imagine how confusing that was for you, Dan. I'm so glad you're at least, least we're still going to get this stuff. We're still going to get this stuff. (laughs) Give me, give me an example. Give me an example of, of, of what's oh, happened. Great. What was the last one? Uh, dang it. Now I can't remember anything. Now all of my claims are invalid. I'm, It'll come to me. It'll come to me. Okay. Just interrupt me later on the episode. I mean, the last thing that we were talking about was the interaction with... Uh, and I, I mean, this is on you as much as it's on me, but it's the, the different types of immobilizing sources mm, mm-hmm. and the outcomes caused by them. So With like the, the fact that one. certain ones are whip and certain ones are fizz and like, yeah, I probably knew that, but I never, you never, you never encountered the number of guys doing immobilization in N3 as you do against O12 in N4, <laughs> where it goes from like, yeah, nobody's got that. Like there's like four weapons that do it. And like one, uh, one, what's it, what's it called? Um, profile like gun that does it and now it's like everyone hacks all the time and this entire faction every other model has one yeah so. you might you might trip over an acrylate cannon every now and again but dan's playing the faction where everyone's got a sticky shotgun and then the rest of them are armed with em weapons so you're just like you're you're just shitting immobilization everywhere um yeah it's it was the good. the isolation having mm. a minus nine to reset yeah. Like, yeah, with no idea. And so it's like, oh, yeah, it's it's not a guarantee once you get free arrows to, to try to reset as people running around you when you're stuck. My last game against uh, against uh, Jordan, Dart YOLO to the M grenade at my Gator, who was double template um, uh, chain rifling her on the way by. She revealed and just like YOLO to grenade and took the two jam rifles didn't die which infuriated me and managed to immobilize isolate my gator and then he walked over and possessed it i was so angry and i was out of command tokens there was nothing i could do my own gator just turned around on my army and just started obliterating all my own guys just walked over to senior master and was like well hello tiny man like it was it was absolutely oppressive so i immediately went home and finished painting my dart um (laughs) which felt like the right thing to do Check sides. Yeah, check side. It seems seems legit. 
Uh, so yes, yeah, that that is your faction. I guess must uh, must uptick the need to get those rules right and clear and know the difference between the A and B, which is the physical or the EM slash hacking one. Well, I I played a game of tabletop simulator with my friend in Japan, which was great. Uh, but yeah, he had like a five man team that all ran around the corner at the same time, which he has learned not to do now. And then the EM grenade or AM mine went off, and uh, they tried to try to kill Hippolyta instead of dodging. And Hippolyta threw a grenade, smoke eclipse grenade, and oh, no. like a seventeen and like or a sixteen, whatever. It was super high. Dodged all the all the shots, and they all got isolated and mobilized. And it was like, wait, let's look at the rules. Wait, it's a minus twelve because they stack. Yeah. Oh no, you're 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 done. And then Hippolyta was like, hello, chop 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 yeah. chop, and they yeah. all disappeared. You're decidedly screwed. I just walked over and just started stabbing the Terracotta Warriors. It's the Bioshock thing where you freeze guys and then walk over and hit them with a drill. Um, So, (laughs) yeah. Uh, That's a really good story, actually, for you to bring up later. I have a prompt in here, Dan, that I think is very apt to what you just talked about. Very well. Uh, So the last one was, because our last episode was about events um, and going to your first event. There was a lot of discussion actually in especially our discord, but about people who felt like they were intimidated by the idea of going to an event. I like their player level might get them like judged and that infinity felt a little bit unreachable. Um, Obviously the three of us are going to struggle a little bit with that because the three of us have been going to events for other games for a good portion of our lives at this point. So (laughs) not, not knowing anything isn't really a barrier to us going to an event. I don't think the three of us, but it definitely came up as like a common theme. Do you guys have anything to, any thoughts on that? Uh, I think it's all in your head when you're like, oh no, I need to know more to play in a tournament. It's like people think of it as like showing up to a track and field event of not training at all. And just like everyone finishes and then like you're the lone person running by themselves and everyone laughs at you and like you're super embarrassed. It's not like that at all. Right. It's, you're just You're just playing individual games. Everyone's focused on their own game. They're focused on the guys that are really trying to win are up front and the guys that are more casual or not even looking at the scoreboard, you know, who's winning or losing. And if you do get last place, it's not like a, huh, thank goodness I'm not last. Like nobody really, it just, it, it just doesn't exist. There's not the comparison there. And, mm-hmm. uh, and when you're going to your first tournament, you're going to learn anyways. And so it, it, I think a lot of people just overestimate the amount of embarrassment that exists when you're coming in last because there's really none. Mm-hmm. yeah it, it, i think it's that expectations thing right if you're if you expect to go to a tournament and win it your first time out you know like the the, the wizard playing super mario 3 like it's it's not necessarily the it, not everybody's gonna not everybody's gonna do that and i think it's pretty unreasonable to go to your first event and do more than just experience what it's like going to an event i only shared a really cool story uh during that episode too about the idea that when you go to those events you feel like you're going to be the the one who knows the least and then you're surrounded by people of like all different experience levels. Yeah, it's it's very much like um, it's never clear. Like depending on how much you play in advance, it might end up that you are the more experienced person at the tournament. Like if what your first tournament is like, because they don't happen all the time and they're starting to happen more again. But like you sit there and you play 30 or 40 games with friends of yours and you you play like a wide variety of little things to really try and nail down the rules or maybe you go on tabletop simulator and you're playing with a few people online and you go to the tournament and you're playing a bunch of people like yeah i haven't played in six months and 
I only play once every month and blah 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 and next thing you know that like oh you're the person it's like oh no that's how that works or this is how it works or oh is that how you guys play it because when when we play it's like this and it turns out you're actually the correct one like you never know Mm -hmm. it's funny how experience sneaks up on you like if you just have a weekly infinity game and you play for like you know six months you you've played 26 games of infinity right before before before, uh, an event that's a pretty significant amount of games. Like if you play 52 games a year, you're pretty experienced even. And, and just because you go to a place where there's stakes, right. Where there's like a, a ranking of like who did well and who didn't do well, that doesn't mean you don't have experience. I think that's a, a what you're, what you're getting out of an event. I think the big thrust of the last episode was you're getting the opportunity to have new experiences. And that's, what's really valuable. Getting to stretch skills that aren't just knowing the rules. And I'm going to get to that actually as a kind of key feature of this episode in a minute. But um, that kind of takes us through all of like the housekeeping and the, the stuff from last um, last episode. Uh, I will go through my week and then you guys can share yours. So I boxed up 10 tables of terrain <laughs> because <laughs> we've I, I had to shut down registration for Tactical Awareness's Winter War um, because we overbooked. We got to like two dozen, which is great. Um, and that means that I'm, I'm having, uh, some of the guys bring down some extra tables just so that, to make sure we have enough train. Uh, but I've got it all boxed up. I got all table toppers made my, uh, my washing machine in the basement right now has a bunch of tablecloths in it. I ordered some cool kind of like, uh, table cards, uh, so we can have our tables all numbered and, uh, well, so I got all the prize support actually marks, um, dice roll trays and stuff are all done. And Mike from Project studios shared Timbot a, which I'm super excited about. He sculpt, he digitally 3D sculpted an HVT slash sectet model of a robotic Tim Hortons mascot from the future, who is one of the coolest Infinity miniatures or you know independently made Infinity assets I think I've ever seen. Um, and he will be the tournament mascot. Uh, Mike's planning on doing a, a different Timbot, like Timbot B and Timbot C, um, for the various events as we go through the year. So Tim Timbot will be the the 2023 Tactical Awareness uh, tournament like fun buck thing that you get and the idea is it's a miniature you can use as an hvt or like one of the different um its assets so you could use a bashy bazook he'll do one with like a smg or a, a combi rifle you could use it as your turret you could use it as your um security attachment your csu or whatever too uh and it's just the uh you know the franchises never stop even in the human sphere you gotta keep selling gotta keep selling those tim hortons franchises and having cheap and effective coffee across the universe um, I built a t- new container city. Bandua was kind enough to set a, uh, one of their pre-painted ready for battle tables. It's the one from Interplanetario 2018. They made a bundle and it's kind of like the container city from, oh, what was that movie or that video game? There's a video game called Brink, uh, old Xbox game where you, you played like a big parkour kind of like first person shooter on a big contain like floating container city. It's sort of like that. So I built and played a game with Jordan on that. Um, it was super fun. The containers are really big. It's a very different table from, from the standard, like sort of rampart, um, uh, you know, like everything's got like a ledge sort of tables. There's no ledges on anything. So it kind of stretches your brain and makes you have to play differently. Uh, and I painted Andromeda and I painted up a uh, dart for my Aleph to play some games of chase tomorrow. So I'm pretty pumped for that too. What about you guys? Uh, Dan and I played two games. I think yeah 
uh, Dan has won both of those games as I've been trying to play Ariadna. And uh, now the student has become the master. Yep, I'm just I'm just better at rolling armor saves. Yeah, it's wild. Like normally, and I've I've even brought it up in this this podcast already. Uh, my like my like indifference to to like oh it's just dice it's just dice, but like. It, I, I actually think it's based on the scenarios that we've played. Like that was the last thing I had looked at there. But um, yeah, it's it's been a weird like he has a model. It's armor four or five in cover. So it's not nothing. But I'll get nine to 13 to 17 <laughs> consecutive hits on him. And he just makes them all. Uh... And like normally that's an exaggeration when you do that many. But like in the pre- the last game we played, he had, was it a razor? What was it in the middle? Uh, raptor. It was a raptor. So just just Uxia hit him nine times, and he just didn't die. He just killed her, and then killed the guys nearby, and then walked away. I, and then, I took I took one wound. Yeah, yeah, he did take a wound. Um, but yeah, that's that's just. This doesn't sound like dice. This sounds like karmic justice. This sounds like you've been kicking too many puppies, and Dan's Dan is the fist of karma or something like that. What have you? What terrible thing have you done this week, Owen? Who did you? Right. Who did you? Did you piss off? Who did you hurt? Tell me who you hurt. Maybe maybe that's what it is. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's pretty excessive, and in, in a sense that like it normally, and I, I think really what it what it is, and what I'll need to change is uh, we'll play some scenarios that are less built around killing each other. Mm-hmm. um that like all right i can go push buttons if things go wrong because at first it was like oh clearly the problem is is like i'm focused too much on trying to fight like you you don't have to kill the enemy to win the scenario so let's just play the scenario more but it's just like nope <laughs> nope nothing's <laughs> mattering nothing and, and nothing i did worked and then nothing yeah. I did worked again and then nothing it did worked again yeah and that's uh that's kind of been the the couple games that we've played you Look, painted some I stuff a, too. I had a lot of button pushers in that list. Okay, I was ready to push buttons. <laughs> Would that you did? Then you wouldn't instantly kill all of my guys, and I couldn't kill you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I posted a picture in the Discord for those of you that are wondering with a scout who had an entire lineup of guys. Um, that scout died killing two of them. There were four models that he could hit with his shotguns as well as his mines, and he's just like, I make my saves. <laughs> armor one against a boarding shotgun that's fine it's fine just, just, the open. just walk it off just oh and off. a mine eh, you get over those oh eh. <laughs> <laughs> yes you yeah. active turn dodged and placed a mine at the same time uh active turn dodge yes the mine was an aro against another model who had a riot stopper um because i was like eh, if i fail to dodge there's still a mine and then I got out of the riot stoppers goo, but it didn't. It didn't matter. Just didn't matter. Just didn't matter. Just nothing mattered. Yep. It was just. Uh, it was just a rough, rough kind of game. <laughs> Solid. Um, and you painted your USARF, right? That's yes. that was like last week too. Yeah. So you, you painted some um, some US Ariadna, which is cool. That they're, they're a fun list. How did you like? What did you get started with? You just you found the um the old starter. Yeah, I found the old starter, and then I just had like models floating around that kind of bumped it up and then i proxied a little bit like i right. i used to vet kazak as the uh the unknown ranger mm-hmm. and that that solves a ton of your your points issues he's so, so good did you take the ap spitfire one um didn't matter what i brought he died to a tr bot when the tr <laughs> bot was in the open at short range 
<laughs> yeah. Okay, it's gonna be one of those stories. <laughs> yeah, it was like TR. Yeah, yeah. The the little the um, unknown ranger in a link team walks around the corner against a gangbuster. Gangbuster shoots a at minus three, uh, one shot. What's it called? Um, submachine gun. Submachine gun. Um, wounds the unknown ranger, putting him on no wound in cap. No, who misses all of his shots? And I'm like, okay, well, that sucks. But I have to go stop that HMG. So I pass by him, I get within eight of the HMG, and uh, I then spend seven orders shooting an HMG at point blank, winning every every comp- like face-to-face roll before he finally takes a single wound. And then I go to go back and fight the gangbuster, and he kills the other guy in the link because I'm running out of orders at that point, which of course was my doctor. Wow. <laughs> well, that sounds oppressive. You killed the HMG. You killed it. I downed it. Oh, that's true, and I and I, bring, and it, I brought and it then back you brought up. it right back up as your first order. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty rough with the monstrucker, nonetheless. Yeah. Listening, to, listening to like, I know I'm like three thousand kilometers away, but listening to Owen's like simmering rage from his games this week is making me really happy. I can feel, I can toast a marshmallow from here with the low grade fury coming off him about these last two games. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's fine. It's, it's, I mean, and, and it's fine. the same thing. Like I've had my fair share of beating yeah, Dan with like a lucky turn of the dice. Yeah, it's true. So like, I'll wait. That's infinity, man. That's I was gonna say. That's just infinity. You just gotta, you just gotta sit it out. You just gotta sit it until the dice come back, or or whatever. You need to like sweet grass or sage your house, man, and get the bad hoodoo out of there for whatever it is that you've done. Go back to Hawk Islam. That's the problem. That's the problem. You didn't have enough Magariba guard in that army. That was the exactly. problem. Exactly. <laughs> I haven't actually played Dan with double Maggie yet. I made Jordan. I almost made Jordan cry telling him about that Magariba guard list. I was I was explaining this week about um just like the 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 various like lists that you've taken over the last three weeks he's like well, what's he playing now and i was like well kind of what is he playing every week he's playing something different because i think he's just playing um how can i melt the brains of anyone across from me right now just to see how they react I was like what do you mean i was like well i think his first week he just decided he was gonna lay 20 mines across the middle of the table and see if somebody had a stroke <laughs> i just about made him shit his pants he was laughing so hard he's like what are you talking about he's like well i took double maggie with extra attack aware orders that could reload themselves and then just sprayed mines in every direction. Yeah. So Jordan's getting bad ideas from you at, at a distance. I'll probably have to deal with that at some point. What about you, Dan? Yeah. Uh yeah, the two games, lots more painting. I'm getting like a I'm I'm closing in on maybe like another like 10 models and I'll have most of the O12 faction painted up, except for a bunch of the uh different little characters around uh and then i've been printing off more and more tokens just to have something that's obvious to me of everything mainly some like and some 3d like camo tokens with like little silhouettes and just stuff because like half the time i'm like oh yeah i forgot those guys were there right <laughs> just like i just don't have the mind for it yet because mm-hmm. i was like let's make things some, some big and obvious things for me mm-hmm. and then uh and then obviously with all the isolation that and that's happening with all the EM mines and weapons and everything, just just having tokens and painting them up, and just just custom ones, free ones I'm finding online and resin printing them. The smiley face ones really nice. The yellow ones, I think you post them in the Discord. They're like a, a guy, but with like a smiley face at his feet. I thought that was really cool for uh, the impersonation markers. Yeah. 
And there's a little two in the middle, so you know it's pristine. Oh, uh, cool. I would have just like color coded them. I would have had like a green and a red or something like that, probably to tell me which one was which. If they were good or they were bad. Well, that works too. Numbers are good. Numbers are also symbols. I mean, I think these files were made in the last edition where it was one and two instead of A and B. Mm, got it. That would make sense. And I'm too lazy to change it or edit the file. <laughs> well, they're gonna they're gonna do what you need, which is let you identify what you're looking at. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Sweet. But yeah, otherwise, yes, same machine I guess with Owen. From my perspective, the first game, yes, it was insane dice where it was like, how am I still alive? Nobody knows. But hey, we'll go with it. And then in the second game, it was a little of that, but not crazy amounts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but it, was, it ended up being like a the other game. game. But adding on with the other game, you know, back to back, you know, right. probably felt like a lot for Owen. I'm sure. Guy. Yeah, yeah, poor little guy. Poor little guy. I, no one ever thinks about Owen. <laughs> I think it was much more that it was in the second game. In the first game, it was kind of all over the place where just nothing worked. Right. The second game, it was just in like a very specific, like if this changes, the game is easily yeah, yeah, won. Yeah, yeah. If this yeah. doesn't change, then the game is probably lost. Yeah. It was just so, some like, moments. Yeah. Whereas the first one was just like, ah, did I kill any models this game? Because I don't have any left. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That raptor that was I'm in retreat. In the middle of nowhere, uh, he was um, he was by spec ops. So if he died, he was granting two victory points to the other side. And I was like, why is he up here? I don't know. And then he was like, I'll throw a bajillion uh, dice at him. I'm like, I'll make all my armor saves. No worries. <laughs> It'll be fine. And then, uh, yeah, it was all good. And then you did. And then it was fine. And then I went. And then I won like 4-0. And, and then the first <laughs> game, I can't remember. But it was... Uh, I'm definitely learning a lot more of like, oh, if I don't take this type of model, then complications arise mm. when it's like there's a sniper looking down a pathway, and I'm like, how do I attack that sniper? Right. I, sure, they only get one die against me, but they get a plus three, and I get a minus three, so that's really risky. Hmm. That's an interesting observation that you've gotten to that point now, where like you can kind of feel that. Um that decision-making power kind of get into your hands where you, you feel like you know what you want to do and what you should be doing. Um, yeah. What, what risks are, you know, important enough or what, when you, with your list building, you paint yourself into a corner. Sometimes you have to take bigger risks. Yes. And if they play into it, you're at advantage, but if they don't, then you got to figure it out still and just kind of learning and kind of stretching your models and seeing what they can do. And what they can't do and then going back and be like okay so i'm gonna build another list and now i'm gonna okay take out that one person because they weren't doing that for me and bring in this person because they can kind of do that but they'll also answer that question mm-hmm. I mean, if if that comes up and it doesn't necessarily come up but if it does to have more basis covered kind of thing mm-hmm. so yeah. i suspect slowly it'll be like i'll have very preferred models but at the same time there's so much variance with the vanilla factions and even with O12 that I'm like, I think I'm just going to keep on bringing like crazy different lists until forever. <laughs> just because it's just, it's just fun to mix it up. Definitely. No, I definitely agree with that. Um, I think it's fun to, I think it's fun to start to get that feeling though. Like, you know, you know how to make a good decision. And that actually, I think takes yeah. us. Look at that. Look at that segue. Look at that segue. Look at how look at how well you 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 softball that up to me. Uh and we'll we'll actually push ahead to the the theme of this episode. 
which is Tactical Awareness Season 1, Episode 6. When are you done with being a beginner? So this was kind of a logical next topic, I think. This was the thing that when we were talking about how to round out this like concepts phase of the podcast, um, it got me thinking about, about like, you don't really, there's no like write a passage in infinity. Like there's no like congratulations. Hey, now you're not a beginner anymore. Um, and so uh, this seemed like a really good sort of like end cap to all the concepts we talked about. And, and I will give a callback warning. We're going to refer to some roles and fire team and mission concepts uh, during this episode that came from season one um, in episodes one to four. So if you find any of the things we say confusing, check out those episodes before you go any further. All right, so this is a tricky one because mechanically, there's not a lot of difference between a beginner and a veteran player. Even if you've studied the rules top to bottom and you know exactly how every single rule in the book works and relates to one another, that doesn't mean you're great at winning the game. And I'm going to say that again for the people in the back. Knowing the rules doesn't mean you're going to win your games. Making good decisions and balancing what you know with what is going on is what helps you win games. And that takes experience. It's one of the reasons why in the last episode, we encouraged new players to go out and play in Infinity Events. Not because they'll win, but because they'll learn to be presented with new opponents, play styles, and conundrums to try to unravel. And that'll go further than anything else to making your confidence of playing the game go up. It isn't how many games you win, it's how many games you play. And that feeling of being not a beginner anymore, it'll just creep up on you. So what I've got here in this uh, episode is three sections. And I think these sections are kind of universal um, and they might be that rite of passage that you look back at your experience playing the game if you are a veteran Infinity player, or you can look forward to if you're a new Infinity player and go, oh, this is the point at which I stopped being like brand new to the game. <clears throat> so I'm going to, I'm going to jump in with the first one. If you guys, if you, do you have any guys, anything to add to that intro, do you think there's a, uh, anything to say more about that idea that there's a difference between knowing the rules and playing the game. Um, just the thought that all because you're not a new player doesn't mean you shouldn't be coming in with like a new, like new mindset of like there's always stuff to learn and there's always things to do. Definitely uh, to improve. Uh, you're never like infinity is way too complicated to to solve, quote mm -hmm. unquote. And so, uh, so yeah, like that never changes. Yeah, keeping an open mind is all is I think important in any board game, um, and I think we saw through the the the, the first six episodes of this podcast. Um, I think the three of us kind of transform a little bit. Uh, Owen's definitely gotten up to speed on the N four stuff, whether he likes it or not, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and Dan, you can speak confidently about stuff that you were literally like pumping our brakes and making us slow down and have to to like repeat or explain in the first episode. Right. So I, I think this is really um, the, the reason this is a great end cap to this first arc of the season is because you're the you're, you, you the two of you are the actual examples of what this stuff looks like. And that's kind of how I I wanted to approach this episode. So the first one, I don't think actually applies to uh, any of the three of us, um, although it has at times, but it's not necessarily mm -hmm. our barrier to feeling new. And I think one of the sort of rites of passage is you start managing your tilt. You start managing how emotionally invested you get in either not feeling like you know you're knowing what you're doing or not knowing 
um, what to do in a given situation. <clears throat> uh, so one way you're going to start get, to get there is when your frustration level starts to go down. When you start making decisions that you feel like you own the result of, you stop caring about the dice or your opponent's luck as much, actually as Owen described earlier. Letting go of the things you can't control and examining what you can actually affect in a game happens over time. And like lots of things, it's easy to tell yourself you played well when you win and easy to blame your opponent's luck when you lose. Objectivity takes time and our advice last episode was all designed to help encourage this feeling of control that gets you to the place where you're enjoying the game, whether you win or you lose. So do you guys have any examples of that and how that feels like that rite of passage? Like where you maybe may frustrated in a situation before and you used it? I think if I was to call back to the previous episodes on what I heard you describe was that active turn dodging stuff and how you started using it in your games. Do you have any like um, examples like of a, a recent game where you've like effectively used it or incorporated it? Um, not, not to any way that would be like what I had, uh, had done at the be like that had been done in that tournament against me, I guess is the way I would describe it. Right. Um, simply because the opportunities haven't arisen. Like I, I haven't taken the effort to try and really like, dig into it yeah mm -hmm. um one because of model collection like there's there's some things that i don't have that i i'd like to have before i go that route um and then the other one just games just number of games played mm -hmm. but um yeah I, I don't know i i guess i'm thinking of tilt right now <laughs> it's like about my, it's about my that, reaction to it yeah or, or just like where, where something that frustrated you became something that was like a complex part of the game you know what I mean? Like that whole, like um, that whole transition. It doesn't even have to be you. Maybe it could just be something you've observed or something you've played against in the past where you watch them lose objectivity and they've gained objectivity over time. Like we've all got tons of opponents and I, I don't like to, to like name names, but I know yeah. I personally have some opponents where just the repetition of playing more games has almost like beaten out of them that frustration with like their dice or the dice results, or even the choices they make where they just kind of go, yeah, okay. Like, yep, that definitely didn't work this time, but it definitely could have worked. I definitely had the chance of working. And I'm objectively looking at the fact that I got unlucky here. And it's not me saying, ooh, I got unlucky because I tried to roll a, you know, four or less and I didn't. And I'm mad that my 20% chance didn't go off. It's more like I tried seven 75% chance of having something go off and it really should have. And your opponent's commiserating with you and going, yep, it definitely should have. And that definitely was unlucky and and you're not getting like emotionally sort of charged over it and losing perspective that's i've watched that happen with people yeah for sure and i mean it, it comes with just playing more like you play lots of games and you end up in a situation where like like when you've played one game a hundred percent of your experience of infinity is in that game and so every right. good thing and every bad thing is the first and only time that that good and bad happened and then by the second one half of the good and bad things happened in that game and then a third and then a quarter and like by the end by the time you've played 40 50 80 games like i don't remember the bad or good from six or seven or eight or ten games back yeah like, it's all just gone and you know that the next game it's going to be the same thing like you're going to play and they'll like right now the games with dan are recent and it's like okay these specific things were issues and We'll try and find a way to overcome that. Maybe maybe we'll lean into hacking a little bit more so that I can kind of do that while I try and shoot at him or or I won't active turn him and I'll try and build more reactively. Um, because then 
like you never get tilted if you kill someone in an aro that's just how it is like mm-hmm. you can get mad if you if you spend a lot of orders and then finally kill someone but if you kill someone when they're spending orders you never get tilted from that so mm-hmm. yeah definitely. but those are in my mind now and i know that in six weeks they'll be gone so it'll be whatever the new thing is that's frustrated me <laughs> whether it's dodge rolling or whatever mm-hmm. so that's kind of my perspective on it and it just kind of fades over time. It it feels like a. It's funny because it's one of the hardest ones I think probably to like quantify for people, is is realizing they're not as emotionally charged or like they're more relaxed during their games, or they show up to a game night and they're more like they're more sort of like um, I don't know, just like they enjoy it more. I think it's one that sneaks up on you. So it's, I think it's worth talking about because it's 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 a little less sort of like you can't script it or plan for it. It's, it is that thing that comes from experience and repetition, but you realize when you look back that at some point it happened and you're no longer sort of like killing yourself over, um, you know, like the results of your games or like the luck you had in your games, the decisions you made, you're able to like enjoy analyzing it, enjoy looking at it. And I mean, to, to your sort of like speaking of, um, you know, like that repetition thing, creating that in people, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at uh, YouTube right now, and our last upload for this was April 24th, 2020, which is the last N3 game we ever played, and we played 128 games of Infinity that we recorded, not the ones that we played in tournaments or events or off camera or on your channel or whatever. But we played 128 games of N3 just on that one playlist. And I know there's other playlists actually too from N3 that we probably aren't counting here, but there's probably close to 200 recorded games that you played uh, over the course of those. I went to 2020. So five years, four years, 2016, probably it started 2015. Right. Like that's a long time, man. (laughs) That's a lot of games. That's a lot of repetition. It's it, you know, it, it, I think that's, that's a, that's a key feature in like that not feeling new. And, and, and even in that result that you got when you went to Adepticon for the first time and you realized, Oh wait, I know a lot more than some of the people that are here. And it's just cause I've played a whole lot of games in this game. Yeah. That, and that Adepticon experience was an interesting one that first time going um, yeah. as far as like, when are you not a new player kind of feeling? Mm-hmm. Tell me about it. <laughs> oh, it was just the, the, the amount of buildup. Like I, I sunk a lot of effort and time into into trying to make sure that I was of the caliber that I thought that I was going to need to be to be able to participate at a tournament at a convention, only right. to learn that it was like, oh, you've never played against Hack Islam ever. This is threes. These are like N three gazies. The N three gazies were <laughs> that was a lot for people. Yeah, let me tell you about how. Let me show you what these guys do. <laughs> yeah, so like that that kind of thing, and then the the learning experience of that of like how to how to feel about events when you go into them, um, because you like it. I don't know how to how to phrase this in a way that's uh, that's effective to what I'm trying to say. Um, basically, trying to say that you're. I don't know where I'm at. <laughs> I'm trying to like phrase the idea of you can over prepare for an event mm-hmm. and then find out that like it wasn't like you didn't need to do that. Like you could go have a right. good time 
and you didn't have to spend a ton of time and be nervous about it and trying to really like reach that that stage like you overbuilt it in your head almost like it was yeah like that's up. yeah and then and then the nervousness of like making mistakes and like how fast like if you if you make a mistake in a game and it starts like you can feel yourself starting to tilt and then you realize that like oh none of this matters like who cares like here comes the guy pushing the cart with all the beers on it like it doesn't it's it doesn't I can, matter i can take a breath you have to like take a yeah. lap and take a breath and be like oh hang on actually the stakes are not as high as I built them up to be in my head. Right. That's that's a that's probably that moment for you. You know what I mean? Like that was probably going to that one Depticon. Cause I remember your stories about it afterwards and being like it it you feel like you were coming out of a fishbowl into a shark tank, but actually we're just it was a bunch of fishbowls all dumped together <laughs> as opposed to being like a shark tank. Cause it wasn't yeah. it wasn't as it wasn't the the specter basically that had been built up in your head while you're getting ready for it. Yeah, exactly. What about you, Dan? Do you have anything like that? Did you, did you, so, so you're sort of like our, uh, uh, and it doesn't have to maybe tilt is the wrong word in this case for you, but is there a moment where you started to feel like more confident, like you were making better decisions? Um, I don't know. I feel like it kind of like sneaks up on you again. I'm only like, I guess I've played a bunch of games now, but I'm probably under 15. Sure, um, but fifteen. That's, still, 15, that's, still that's a, that's a game. Of, yeah, I was gonna say that's a game a week for uh fifteen weeks. Like that's yeah. three months. I played. Three and I, mean, I played three games this week. Yeah. So two that's in person and one on tabletop. Mm -hmm. And uh yeah, it's just kind of you realize you start to realize how the game works more. Of like, okay, I made a mistake there, and so I deserve to kind of lose these models, and it's a mm -hmm. bonus if I don't. Without mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of like okay. I left myself open to that. I could have set up my my second turn deployment better. Uh, or I didn't take that one model that I probably would need against that whatever thing. Um, the main thing for like experience play is just these two two games against Owen uh, that I played uh, was, I mean, obviously in the moment, super frustration about the roles. But then after the game, he's like, well, after that first game, I thought I'd just bring better guns and then you couldn't make your armor saves because I'd have way bigger guns. <laughs> but then it happened again. So now I'm thinking, can I bring even bigger guns? Like, what, what can I do? And it, was, it wasn't it was about like, ah, you lucky son of a bitch. I'll, I'll get you next time. It was mm. like, okay, what did I learn from this? How can I build my list different to even if you are lucky, it won't matter because I'll have built a better list and I'll have played better. Yeah, you re-rack, you re so, yeah. And so Owen's approach to it of like, I'm like, well, I, I mean, I had some lucky rolls. It's okay to just say it was off game. And he's like, that's not really how I approach this game. And I, and I thought that was really cool. And it mm -hmm. was just kind of, yeah, it's, there's always stuff in your control that you can do better. And so just focus on that and build on that. And, oh, and uh, I was actually thinking, I forgot to mention it on the tilt episode, but uh, I, I this is like way before we'd ever met. This is years and years and years ago. Mm -hmm. But I was just like, oh, and it was like, hey, ash this, ash this. I'm like, who's this? Who's this schmuck? Let's, let's just <laughs> check him out. So I pulled up one of your videos and I right. don't remember what you were rolling, but you're like, you just rolled god awful. And you're like, well, okay. <laughs> and then obviously there's like editing in there and you could turn off the camera and scream or whatever. But yeah. it was just like the matter of fact of, oh, I rolled that. Okay, moving on. And yeah. it was just kind of like, I'm like, I'm like, I need more of that in my games. I need to emulate that more because that is all you can do. Mm -hmm. in a yeah. matter of fact and so it was just kind of that yeah just <laughs> on the chin do what you can 
<laughs> it's almost yeah. become a meme how bad my dice rolls are sometimes though so i just lean into it now i'll be honest man there, there you, you just go. gotta you just gotta you just gotta take the prevailing winds and sail sometimes right owen can uh attest to the fact that i i don't tend to movie magic things we we've both seen some folks who make content who will uh hollywood movie magic certain moments i actually think the messiness is part of the charm i think blowouts in games are kind of important sometimes a lot of times people will post like why would you post this blood of a, or people will comment like why would you post this blood of a game and it's like because they happen because people go to watch these games a lot of the time to see what's possible and a blowout's always possible and to see someone react to a blowout and be like oh well that happened here's why it happened it, it's actually just as useful as watching like a tight close game and i mean some people don't want to watch that but i don't think there's anything wrong with it because i think it's just reality and i think it's authentic so i tend to roll with my bloods i just kind of go yeah all right no <laughs> today today okay. was not my day today the bear ate me as they so, say, sometimes you eat the bear and sometimes the bear eats you. Yum, yum. Damn, Ariadne. Uh, so there is a, there's shout out to a, a local content creator in Edmonton, uh, Mr. Malorian, because uh, uh, he was, he turned over the War Machine and we played War Machine a lot together cool. in different tournaments. And uh, and he he always records all the games kind of thing, takes pictures of it and just kind of does a voiceover. Mm-hmm. It's pretty, pretty simplified, but uh, he's a lot of good content. But anyways, he... Uh, he played a game against me and he moved up and I'm like, Oh, well, I'm going to shoot your Colossus with a gun that can see through everybody now. And then all of a sudden your Warcaster is available. And, and in that game, if you if your leader dies, it's just all over. And so then I just walked up and shot him to death and it was over. And it was, wasn't really even a game. It was like three he minutes like, and he black pennied your, yeah, he black pennied your, uh, was, your Colossal. Uh, yeah. Shadowfire, I think. But anyways, yeah. uh, at any rate, he's like, Oh, I'm not even going to bother posting this. I'm like, no, 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 no. Post it. But then just post like 20 minutes of black footage of nothing afterwards. <laughs> right. So no one will ever be able to know when they come into it how short the game was. Oh, just me humming Danny Boy. <laughs> like... he, he ended up putting on some clown music or something, and it was really funny. Yeah, and the but, uh, music. But it, yeah, it's just kind of when you when you uh when you embrace the the suck and just kind of go, I think I don't know if I'd call myself an experienced infinity player, but I'm getting there. Like, yeah. there's still lots of factions I haven't played against. There's still lots of models I've never experienced. And so when I go up against that, I fully expect to lose to them and then know what they can do and then kind of be able to react afterwards. And I think that's an but, important distinction, though, Dan. I, 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 we're not saying experienced. We're saying just no longer a beginner. Like, when are you done feeling like a beginner at the game? Because I don't think you ever really feel, like, super experienced. I, what I like about this game is it's always somewhat in motion. Right, they're adding new profiles, they're tweaking profiles and stuff. And because it's all digitally sourced and we all play off the app, we just kind of get these like live updates, but it doesn't really change that much because the game's not so list dependent. It doesn't it doesn't feel like we're always no no no, we're always having to like relearn the game. It's it just feels like it's just enough that I don't think I ever <laughs> I don't like the word experience. Maybe it's not experienced, maybe it's like you can be like a seasoned infinity player versus versus being like a, a veteran or a season or an experience or something like that. Because I think the experiences are important, but, but this is definitely not about being like a veteran player. This is more about being just not feeling lost. And like, you're at the beginning of that journey. Yeah. It's, I, I find that more and more with infinity, which I really like is that, uh, so I watched like this tier list of like factions 
and like they're like okay we're doing this but in like in reality tier lists in infinity don't really work that's a shout out to lost lieutenant i think and uh um, probably i can't yeah. remember what it was it's probably so lost apologize. lieutenant yeah it's probably but it was, uh, it was rob, right after rob, the... Cant- rob cantrell and lost lieutenant did a, a tier list which is pretty cool yeah it was right after the update to the new like uh fire teams yeah, that would have been that. Uh, whatever. So anyways, but it was just, I, I thought it was really cool that they're like, yeah, this doesn't really work, but we're doing it because a lot of people want us to do it. And then it was just kind of like, even at the end of it, and they're like, and so besides these like bottom four or five factions that are just have no tools and they're just really struggling. If you're an experienced player and won with any of these in a tournament, there's no surprise. Like yeah. any of them could do well. Yeah, anything And I was well. like, oh, cool. So that's yeah. great. And so it, it's it's kind of like one of those things where you don't, um sometimes you feel in other like i played orcs in 40k and the addition changes and rules change and you're like how the hell am i supposed to win with this faction anymore like i just it just it's such a struggle and it feels so bad and i feel like because there's a lot more crossover in the factions i guess they're not as unique but it makes it so that you don't have to collect a whole new army to feel Mm -hmm. good about winning games when a new edition or new rules come out yeah you can just adjust your play a little bit yeah, the core skills and equipment of the game does really mean that like a rising tide lifts all ships in Infinity, right? Like a change to a multi-sniper rifle affects every faction in the game almost. And so it's it's not like you're left behind when something like tweaks basically from the core mechanics. Um, Yeah, I think it's a really useful observation. And I think that honestly, that's <laughs> I, I put this one first because it's the most touchy-feely um when are you done being a beginner and it's also the most like internalized one this is the one that no one can tell you this is the one you have to feel for yourself um and it's the one that comes through just playing a lot of games i think to to piggyback on it too dan is that uh you are you've encountered like like one of the things is i'm also the kind of person who will just like play everything so like when we play games have I played like I've played the same faction once, I think, out of the yeah. like eight games that we've played. And so you end up in a situation where you're you're encountering all of the weird stuff right away. Like I think the 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 three big ones that you haven't encountered yet that are are things that I experience and or are common to experience in, in Infinity are the uh the Swiss guard and his his versions like other other uh other factions that have it which is basically a heavily armored minus six to hit guy with a long range weapon and and one of the to tags and like after that you'll have played against smiley faces camo spam assault tags heavy infantry little infantry like jammers hackers all of that kind of stuff freaking jammers man <laughs> it used to be so much worse. They used to not be limited in shots. They used to just sit there forever yeah. isolating guys. It was oppressive. Owen, like, Owen always does that. He's like, look how awful this guy is. He used to be worse. He used to so that one profile that Owen takes, the, the Mutawa Gazis, they used to be one profile. So all the equipment that came on those guys used to be on one guy. They had everything. They had the chain rifles, they had Emirats, they had jammers they had smoke grenades like now they split that into like four profiles these guys were literally carrying they were a five point guy carrying like 40 points of just gear <laughs> it was so stupid the emirat leaving a lot of the profiles is a big sad especially yeah, with how much better they are now I, well that's why too yeah is so good 
EM is the EM, the EM close got open and EM grenade is and EM mine is so that's why the Raven Eye is so amazing, right? He's just loaded with EM. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't. I forgot he had an EM rat, so he just has a, a yeah. large template. Yeah, he has an EM chain rifle, an EM chain yeah. rifle, and mine layer and EM mines. It's so dumb for twelve points. He's so good. Yep, my Tim bot might be might be becoming a Raven Eye officer. That's the, the, the Raven Eye officers are all just <laughs> Tim, Tim Horton's mascots on my spaceship. It's my extra kappas. That's what that's right. Are. All the extra kappas. Just give them little hats. <laughs> All right, so so let's get on to part two then. So part two, another way that you can feel like you're not a beginner anymore. Um, this one's a bit touchy-feely too, but it's joining a community. Nothing's better at giving you a point of reference for how you're doing than talking about it with other people and seeing other people play. The simple encouragement of not going through things or thinking that things you struggle with are somehow unique goes a long way to making you feel like you know what you're doing. Even better, as you get comfortable with opponents and find people you enjoy playing with. As you've said before, this game is uh, where the social contract is incredibly important. So practicing communication before, during, and after games is another one of those things that will help you no longer feel new. So this is another, I think, one that, it's funny, I haven't done it in a long time. I'm, I'm kind of bringing it to me with the Winter War event. But being part of Infinity community and seeing and hearing other people talk about the things they struggle with in the game, even on Discord, even part of like this community that we have online, I I think can make you feel like you're not by yourself or that the things you don't understand or struggle with are somehow just unique to you. And that can push down that feeling of not being, of not knowing what you're doing, of being new. Have you guys had any experience with that? No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we doesn't like people. Well, that's... (laughs) I should have actually, I should have anticipated this. Uh, so Dan, how's it feel? How's it feel playing with uh, the folks in the, the the Calgary meta? Yeah, like uh, I am, I'm pretty social, and so like whenever I start a new game, I'm like, let's find all the people who also play this game, and I have no problem reaching out or asking questions or whatever, or like trying to get involved. I'm like, let me get into this group. Yeah. Let me be whatever I need to be. So I'm starting to be part of this conversation so mm-hmm. I can learn from them. And it's just, and it's just having you two guys is just like super awesome for infinity. Cause I'm like, yeah. Hey, how the heck does this work? Hey, how does this work? I'm just like half, half of our like chat before like podcasts and stuff is not about the podcast. It's like, Hey, it's what, how, does this rule work? Yeah. how does this rule work? <laughs> yeah. Hey, like, if I'm I do this. this and this and this, and when this happens, and when this happens, does this happen? Yes. That's true. No, what's happening. And then yeah. sometimes you're like, Oh, Oh, I guess that doesn't work that way. Or sometimes it's like, no, Dan, you're an idiot. You forgot to read this whole page of rules. I'm like, oh, you're right. I should probably read the rule book once. The answer is hidden here in the rule book. Yeah. So um, so yeah. So it's it's huge for me, is is you becoming a part of the community, whether it's online or not, of just being able to ask questions, play different things, talk about things. It just it tears down so many barriers to the to learning the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, if, and to like, and to like not participating, I feel like one of the problems with being new is you feel like a, a lot of the listeners said this with events, that, that idea that like they weren't good enough or they didn't know the rules well enough to go and play three games in a day. And it's like, probably not. If you can move, shoot, dodge, you can get through three games in a day <laughs> and you might not win them all. And you might make bad decisions, but you can definitely get through three games in a day. If you just know how those three rules work, you can play a game of infinity, right? Like, 
the classic demo of infinity is you take three fusiliers and you and you fight three zanchis and that's it you just teach those three rules move shoot dodge and if you can do those three then maybe cc if it comes up right but cc is just shooting with one dice so it's not it's not a hugely different process um does that sound familiar dan is that yeah is that, that, does that sound that, familiar is that, is that something that owen may have done to you yeah he's like <laughs> three line troops three line troops yeah let's go let's go and he's like so do you want to play it i'm like let's go to 300 let's just go let's just go 300 <laughs> let's go all the way to the beginning <laughs> Well, that's the nice thing about us demoing someone who's played a gajillion different miniature games, right? Playing with 15 models when when that's half an orc squad in 40k, right? Doesn't feel like a lot. And they might all do different things, but it doesn't feel like a huge ask to get 15 models on the table um, compared to like some other miniature games. Um, and I think there's other there's other side benefits to joining a community. Um, and those are like the more touchy-feely ones, right? Like you have like a go-to. Um, you have probably people of a similar experience level to you and you can seek them out and play games and learn together. That's a, that's a big one for me. Um, I, I like pairing up people who have like slightly elevated experience level with lower experience people. And I'll get to that one in part three here, but, but you have the opportunity to meet those people and find them. And you also have the opportunity to find who like the community leaders are every leader, like actually I mean every, every community, but like every, almost every gaming group has somebody that I'll call the motivator. You can almost always pick them out in a crowd. Around here for the longest time for Infinity, um, it was uh, Owen and my buddy, um, Captain Spud. He built a ton of like Infinity resources online and he was like bar none, the best Infinity community builder I've ever met. Actually, probably the best like miniature wargaming community builder I think I've ever met in my life. He was relentless with like organizing gaming nights, making people sure people had everything they need. He'd like print HVT decks. Um, yeah, the, uh, decks. The, the, the custom um, modular foam sculpted Aquila guard helmet on the plush duck that I have from him <laughs> from winning a tournament <laughs> yeah. is, uh, is probably the best award I've gotten in a game period ever period yeah a prize a prize possession Sorry, it's, a, it's not just things. a duck it's a canadian goose because it was canadian the canadian goose. event I'm yeah, it was to honk, to that it's a honk back. bird let's be clear it was it was it was a honk bird because he doesn't call them geese he calls them honk birds otherwise known <laughs> yeah. as the devil it's so sad because he he was sort of one of the last things he organized for us is he made us all patches we were going to go to adepticon with the adepticon that got canceled in 2020 it was the flood the, the flight of the 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 the, the, the honk birds it was this great like uh mount like um uh NCA Mountie. So it was like a Neoterran like Mountie with like a Mountie hat. It was all very Canadian, very cool. But you can find those people, and those people are typically just looking to try and build their communities up. And so they are they are very encouraging and they are very usually welcoming and they're very open to answering questions and finding the people that are sort of the right experience level, the right com- comp like um competitive level to like play with you. So joining a community, that's the, the only downside I'd say with this is that they're few and far between. And they take someone like they take someone like a captain spot, they take a motivator usually to like to rotate around. And they're very easy to have fall apart if that person moves on or changes games or just loses focus or gets distracted. Right. You need to to get a healthy community going, you should have two or three of those guys probably on the go in a given area. Uh, and my understanding is you guys have landed in a place in Calgary where there's a very healthy, active uh, people own like two or three armies, infinity community with like a, a couple dozen people. Mm, I would say like half a dozen active, but we're going to regret it. Yeah. It died during the pandemic. 
I don't know. I don't, this, is, this is the only thing I've seen. But it's just you have any stories now? There seems to be like two to four active people that want to come every Saturday, and then the, a, a bunch of other people that are exist as well. Right, or ba- play in the basement and then come out just for events and stuff like that. That's probably the case. Yeah, yeah. Like there was a lot of I, I, I shouldn't say a lot. There was a, a decent number of people at the the first and only event that I've been to here. Yeah, um, back in November, and. And that was pretty nice, but I I even knew talking to many of them that they were not like in the city, and right. there was implication though I didn't ask directly and I don't care, um, but there was clearly other people around that just haven't been out or whatever, um, and I imagine it's it's COVID rebuilding related. Yeah, 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 that happened a lot. It it does take it does take effort to put those things back together later, but I I mean I can remember. One of my fondest, like, I have no responsibilities, but I have a job and I have money memories in my early 20s, um, going to, like, the local 40K gaming night. This is before Infinity was even invented. So, you know, I'm talking about 2001, 2000. And then everybody piling out of the game store afterwards and going to the bar, you know, and getting chicken wings and sitting around. You got 20 guys all talking about what army they're going to bring next week or what they're working on, what they're painting. And like that, that takes a long time to build, but people had been playing that particular miniature game in Toronto for so long that Thursday night was just 40 K night and people showed up to the game store and they played 40 K and then they all went to the bar afterwards and had chicken wings and drank beer and talk shop. And it was just this like almost uh club experience but it wasn't formalized. There was just two or three guys that were always there every night. They always had nicely painted armies. They organized the games, right? Like who's going to play who or did like sign up sheets or whatever. And then we, we'd have chances if you're a new player to like ask questions or hang out or meet people. And it happened for years. It happened for probably 15, 20 years throughout that city. So there's a power to it. And especially if you're trying to grow a community, um, I think that finding those people and trying to, um, uh, you know, make yourself like uh, avail yourself basically of their knowledge uh, it goes a long way to making you feel like you're not new because you get to see that they have the same like <laughs> learning curve stuff. If they're at a similar experience level to you, you get to see how they paint, you get to see what tables they play on. And it just kind of dispels that mystery of, um, of, you know, like feeling like you don't know what you're doing when you watch other people not know what they're doing too. <laughs> that's one of my, that's one of my things that I think, um, actually, if we want to tell us back, even to Owen's trip to first trip to Adepticon that, that killed that, that sort of like specter of like expecting this to be bigger than it is, is seeing other players just be, be new, you know, and be, be slightly less experienced than you. I think there's like a bar thing after the last event. I was busy that evening, but Sure so they so i'm wisely throwing mine in a bar so so there won't be any, <laughs> when, when you rent a legion you also rent a bartender um and that means that there will be a there will be a a uh a a sort of like blending of those two things as in my first party um so part three and this is actually i think one of the greatest uh segues ever because this is a callback to the very beginning of this episode where we're talking to dan um, and he mentioned that he is already teaching a friend in Japan to play Infinity, and that's mentoring a new player. One of the like moments where you realize you're not actually a, a new player anymore is when you teach somebody else how to play. And this might sound crazy at first, but sometimes one of the best ways to feel like you're past that point of being sort of like uh, not competent is to teach somebody you know how to play the game. The process of figuring out what the best way to do that is 
actually really cements what you've learned so far because you're forced to evaluate what you know and then pass it along to somebody else. It also lets you feel like you're the one in the know. Answering questions and fielding situations, it's also going to force you to go through the rules and, and really just sort of like, you know, put a foundation of how they work in your head because you're 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 being the go-to for information for someone else. So can you tell us more about that, Dan, that, you, you know, your, your buddy that you're teaching and, and how that felt? Yeah. Um, I mean, he's the kind of guy who's also a very experienced wargamer. Uh, we played Malifaux together before that. And uh, he's just in Japan for like a few few months and he'll be right. back back in Banff. Um, but anyways, uh, it was more of like a... I'm kind of like taking the things I'm learning and then applying them. And then like afterwards, when I'm seeing him do things, I'm like, are you sure you want to do that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Afterwards, I'm like, so you probably shouldn't have done that <laughs> because X, Y, Z. And it's like, did you want to do that? Like, look, I understand you want your link to really go up the board fast. But when you walk five guys around the corner and I get to shoot at you with five guys instead of just peeking around the corner and having one guy with five dice shooting against my one die, it's it's a lot harder, especially when I have eclipse grenades and I just throw free grenades at my feet. Right. And so when you're, sh you're, oh, you're not shooting at me? Great. Grenade. Go pocket Grenade. Sand. <laughs> and then it's Peace. like, perfect. And then it's like, oh, you're walking around the corner where my Ravenite is now, and you got all heavy infantry. And then I ended very poorly for him, and he was like, that's bullcrap. I'm like, well, you know, this could have easily been avoided. You should have won this game handedly first turn, because I didn't deploy super, super well, and you guys are so freaking fast running around that I should have just been slowly eliminated. And it and it was bad because my I had a seven... Uh, point flashbot who survived mm -hmm. a point point blank shotgun he's like i get plus six and i get three shots i'm hitting on 19s i'm like i'm hitting on eights and he rolled a one a two and a 20 and i rolled a five and so all of a sudden his shotgun was blinded from a flash mm. pulse and he was like uh and then it's like okay i'm done with this and he just wanted to go and i'm like no just just spend one more turn and kill the flashbot you can't do I, I think that feeling is really important though right like you knew what he should be doing that's that's that moment where you realize like oh wait i'm playing both games in my head right it, when you can do that mental gymnastics i mean you're not just playing your game you're playing their game while you're teaching them and you're seeing what they should be doing or what what would work for them you're definitely past the point of being new. You can see the ones and zeros, right? It's that, that moment in the matrix where he's like, I don't see the ones and zeros anymore. I just see blondes and brunettes and redheads. Like that's, that's that, like you're starting to put it together feeling, I think in action, right? Where you're able to convey more complex topics than just how the rules work mechanically. You're able to see the sort of like flow of the game from both sides. So Mentoring a new player, I think, is a great idea. And if you really want to, like, jumpstart a community, too, to call back to the last one, that's how you start a community. Like, you 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 start recruiting players and recruit, recruit people you want to play against. Like, that's why I think it's so cool that you're, you were playing Owen, Dan, is, is you guys love playing games together. Do we, though? Why not? <laughs> Sorry. Owen's not capable of feeling an emotion. But if he you could so feel an emotion. It would be more fun. <laughs> We're never gonna get plat or we're never gonna get diamond if you have to keep playing like this. I'm just saying. <laughs> so so that aside, <laughs> um, it I think that's 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 how it happens though, right? One recruits the other, recruits the other, and then you you slowly but surely you've got like five, six, seven people playing a game. 
that just happen to like playing games together. Why not play this one? And, and it helps when you are more experienced or have some sort of like concept of, of, of how the game works. Cause you can actually lean into what's enjoyable about the game. I think the thing that you benefit from Dan is having Owen there. He's able to show you that sort of like layered um, here's how things that go together get to be good that that makes your brain go oh you know what i mean you can start to put those pieces together and then feel like you have those tools at your disposal while you're playing that 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 gives you an advantage and then you can pass that advantage on to the next person and and now that you've stopped feeling like you need to ask a question every five minutes and you're answering those questions you've got that confidence you've built that over like the last six to eight weeks yeah one one last thing about teaching is that you definitely uh you get their new perspective of recently reading the rules and you say things that you assume are true. And they're like, but what in the rules, it says this. And you go look and you're like, oh, I was only like mostly right. I should mm-hmm. tweak this. And then that's actually right. Yeah. And my so understanding you, of this is incomplete. So you, you both actually learn the rules faster when, when, when you're kind of, you have that new person reading the rules over again and then have that perspective going in. Because uh, I've even known I've I've corrected rules that you and Owen thought were yeah. one way, and then I don't I'm like, think but that I happened. <laughs> it did happen, Dan. You're right. <laughs> don't listen. Don't listen. I can't me. give you an example. Don't worry. D- sometimes I, don't I feel like Owen and I are the are that one like Decepticon in the Transformers movie whose face spins around, and sometimes we're nice and sometimes we're evil. <laughs> we just say the opposite thing all the time, and Dan doesn't know what to do. <laughs> You're, I think you're absolutely on the money there, Dan. You, that whole, like, it keeps you honest, right? It, like, sharpens your understanding and keeps you honest and allows you to really, like, really kind of groove in your understanding of, like, how things work. And you've definitely just, called called me and Owen out on a couple of things where we're like, that nah, looks like this. But it's just, like, it's our N3 understanding or it's some, like, sort of dated understanding of the rules that isn't current. You guys also play, like, 50 different miniature games, so... There's also a lot, a lot of also, stuff to keep up true. in the head. Yeah, yeah, no, we've got the Doctor Who problem. We just have too many memories, and they're 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 you have to delete grade four and out and learn a new miniature game. Uh, so I have a cool experience of during the pandemic. Uh, me and a buddy who doesn't really play miniature games very much. Uh, well, he started to, but uh, he uh, we were playing Shadespire, or uh, as we called it, Shadow Spirit. Uh, and <laughs> Shadow Spirit um, must be Italian. No, no, not at all. <laughs> But anyways, we just started playing it and it was fun and it was just 1v1. And I was like, well, I, I'm not playing the other good games, quote unquote, but mm. I'm, at least I'm playing a miniature game kind of. And so that was fun. But then I realized that like, as our understanding progressed of the game, just the 1v1 interaction of like us both learning the game and figuring out what cards we want to bring in our decks and like buying the expansions. And we kind of had our favorite war bands, but it would adjust, try to beat each other's war bands. And we had our own little meta going and it was really fun. Mm-hmm. actually. But then it was kind of like, oh, let's go to a tournament and try to win some swag and just see what other people are doing. And it was just kind of like, and then and then the game became like Magic the Gathering where you had to buy too much. And I know they've kind of fixed it recently, yeah. but, uh, but we stopped playing. But it was just kind of like, even if it's just you and a friend in a garage, you can start playing and you can learn a whole lot. It's harder Absolutely. with a full-on miniature game because there's a whole lot more models to, to build. But like you can start with a, a tiny, tiny group. Like these these guys in Banff that I have become friends with, that I played Malifaux with, and now uh, I'm bringing them over to Infinity. And you know, <laughs> they uh, they just had their own little meta through COVID, and they went to LVO and they won the Malifaux event. That's like amazing. 
And That's it was just amazing. because they just played their own kind of five or six guys or whatever it was, just played like every day kind of yeah, thing. Lots nothing of games. Else. All the bars were closed. Yeah. So it was just kind of, it. you don't necessarily need to be part of a community. Like no, a community, is, it's, it's, it, you, you don't have to have that uh, like label on it. Is it, well, Owen just, just Owen people. just played me for like a year and a half before he went to that right. country and it was like literally just the two of us and he was craving playing somebody else he's like give me anybody but you like I know you play like seven different armies but you play them all the same way and I hate you and I want to play somebody different um, well, it became like I know how our games are going to play up yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to play these three or four factions and you play those four, three or four factions and we both collect the certain types of miniatures that we like, and we build the lists in a way that we like, and we'll go into them with this kind of expectation and understanding. And we know all the tricks that each other are going to play. Like, sure, this is the link with this ability, and that's the drop trooper, and this is the parachutist, and this is the what like this camo is pretending to be that camo, and all that kind of stuff. And then you go somewhere where someone doesn't know what models you own, and it is a very different experience. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Just, just the open and closed information. Like you and I never bothered to hide that from each other because we know exactly what our miniature collections are. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's no, there was never like a, like, oh, I better not let you know that this is like, I know that you have, I know that you have Algebel and I know that you have, you know, like yeah. I know you have Hassassin. Like I know what's going to be sitting outside my deployment zone in yeah. five minutes. Oh, I and, tricked Owen real good in our last game. Yep. Yeah, I thought it was a mine. It was not a mine. I could have <gasps> just asked what the T.O. You got him? Was. <sighs> He's like, I'm just going to come in on this side of the board, parachutist. And I'm like, I'm going to shoot you because it's a free shot with a plasma rifle. And he's like, oh, so you just left a dude out in the open, did you? I'm like, yep. What but he was minus six. It should have been, I guess, open information. Well, I didn't ask. Yeah. That's funny. That's it. If I had just sat there and gone, what's the mim on that mine? That one? That one? Mm. Or I, yeah, because that'll that'll just that'll scalpel out who's a model and who's a mine. For sure, yeah. yeah. To some mims. degree. Mm-hmm. There are some that can hide that. Yep. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I was proud. And, I was very proud. And that's an example too of where I I look at that game and go like, regardless of the fact that the dice didn't kill that, that was that was just a blunder. That was a sure. Yeah, yeah. You this could have exactly been played that. around. This could have been dealt with. I lost a twenty point model for for nothing. Yeah, and that's a, that's, and you're hundred percent accountable for it too because you just didn't ask. Yep, and you could have asked, you could have known. And then it even messed up later on when I, I should have waited. Like, he declared an ARO, and he said, oh, this mine's going to go off. And I went, oh, okay. And I'm like, oh, how do I want to do with it? And he's like, oh, it's actually, it's an EM mine. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> then I wouldn't have forgotten I wouldn't have there's dodged. nine different kinds of mines. I would have just yeah. shot you. But he didn't say that. Yeah. He just said it's a mine. And I didn't think to be like. He doesn't have to tell you until it happens. Well, no, it was happening. It was happening oh, right, right then and there. Gotcha, and I gotcha, just. Gotcha. He said mine, and I didn't click that. Like I should really dig There's down because more than one it. kind of mine. Yeah, he has a lot of the EM stuff. And if it was like take EM mine and shoot my shotgun and kill a guy, or take shock mine and die, I was mm-hmm. like, uh, I'll risk the death and get my job done. Mm-hmm. But EM mine, I would have just been like bombs away. But anyway, <laughs> little things like that. Absolutely, yeah. Sweet. Well, there it is. Those are my three, how do you, or how can you be done with being a beginner? Things you can do or things you can like sense check or just, just sort of sit back and go, "Mm, where am I at? How do I feel? Am I part of a community? Am I teaching somebody else how to play? Like take those milestones and take those victories because if you make it that far to the point where you're teaching someone else to play infinity, 
or you're actively like going to a game in every week, or you just aren't getting frustrated anymore, that's a win. And and you're over that. You literally are over that hardest part, I think, of getting into the game. And that was the whole point of us making these. Yeah. But you might also, of course, you're always still going to get, but you're not spending more time frustrated than you are enjoying the game, I guess is a, a better way of putting it. Because everyone's going to get frustrated. There's always going to be, you're always going to experience tilt. The the, the most, um, I guess, experienced or seasoned players in Infinity will still occasionally <laughs> rage out and try and put seven hundred into a whip check to push a button and just have it not happen. And some people will just always tilt. And some it's people will bad. just always tilt, yeah. Um, but I, I think, honestly, if you can go back and look at that and see it as a victory, then you've made it over the hardest part of Infinity, which is just that that feeling helpless and not feeling like you have the tools at your disposal. And that was the goal behind these first six episodes, is to just talk about and examine how you can feel like you have a grip on the game um, and get you to a point where you are competent enough that you are enjoying the result of your game. And that's that's really it. If you feel like you've enjoyed and you've owned the result of the game, then you're in a good a good spot, I think. So you can let us know what you thought about this um, episode on our Discord, our Patreon, our Facebook, or on Spotify. And there'll be links in the podcast description. Um, before we sign off today, I want to talk a little bit about the future. Because as we round out these six episodes, um, I think it's time to talk a little bit about what comes next. And what I've been really looking forward to and I'm excited about is doing some faction overviews. Uh, and I have a, a plan for the format for that, which I guess I can kind of spoil to you guys, um, where I think we start with the sectorials. This isn't something I would have said five years ago that we should do. I would have said we should start with the hyperpower factions and move into the sectorials. But if we start with the hyperpower factions, we're talking about every unit in a faction all at once. And so I thought it would be useful for our, our next three episodes is if we just each take a sectorial from a different hyperpower and break them down and use a callback to some of our um, previous episodes and talk a bit about uh, the killing pieces. We can even get into some new classifications, maybe some more like uh, deep classifications like peace trading. Um, and we can even do like a setup episode. Maybe we talk about that stuff. Uh, things like um, peace traders, different kinds of midfielders, hunter pieces, um, and defensive and offensive gunfighters. So yeah, have you ever experienced peace trading? Uh, no, never. I've never seen Tigers run up or or any other five to ten point model run up with chain rifles or chain flats. <laughs> never, never, it's never never happened to me. Never you've never had to dog soldiers aren't a real thing. They don't <laughs> they don't exist. Do- oh, remember, remember the do- the dogs only get into heaven if they trade up. That's, that's all. all the dogs my, go to heaven if they manage to trade up their point value my favorite moment was i started trading piecing back and he's like ah and he looked up and I, there was like there was a small glint of pride in Owen's eye and you'll never see it again but you'll it never was there see it for again. just that small moment of like oh he's learning oh he got it oh he just killed a 40 point guy out that sometimes guy. dying is the mission that's it sometimes as owen says the brief dynamic lives of his men are spent killing something worth <laughs> eight to ten times their point value yeah and if they've done so then they've been grunt heavy flamethrower has a short explosive life <laughs> that's the goodest boy the goodest boy is the one that takes a 40 point guy with him yeah the goodest boy kills it oh no I'm, I'm talking 11 points of I infiltrate on an eight. No, I I'm aware of I'm aware of infiltrate on an eight. Kill Hector. Bring That's four. Game. Yeah, <laughs> kill Hector. Kill Achilles. I hate all your grunts more than anyone else. Um. So why don't you folks? I, obviously, I think we should start with um, 
are are, are chosen sort of like current factions. So obviously, um, you could do Starmada Dan to start off with because it's just a shorter list. And for the first few episodes, as we kind of get like, I think our brains wrapped around how we're going to do this, it's probably worthwhile not having a huge list of models to go through, right? Um, I'll do OSSS, which gives us some Aleph and some O12. And Owen, I'll let you wildcard it, man. You've been working on N2A, which might not be the most useful one, but it might be a good first one. I'll probably one. do Assassins. Assassins? Okay, yeah. that's good. Uh, and that'll leave um, a few... Seeing that... as they're the best. <laughs> I'll just go with the best. So we're, <laughs> so we're doing it that way, then. If we're doing... Um, Aleph, we're doing O12, and we're doing Hack. I'll let the patrons maybe pick the three we do after that. Because that's going to leave Combined Army, that's going to leave Ariadna, Yuching, and Pano. And you guys can maybe we'll throw a poll up um, when this episode, or maybe after the first three episodes go live. And we'll take some votes on on which of the other ones we should do. Because obviously I'm also playing Nomads. I also, actually, I mean, I just have, I have armies from all these factions. But I can speak pretty confidently about all of them. And so can Owen. Um, and that's the plan coming up is we'll do some faction breakdowns and I think it'll be useful to kind of carry forward what we've done in the first six episodes. And so they're not going to be super veterany, jargony, unapproachable. It'll be more like if we break the faction into pieces, who is good at doing what, uh, give a list of who are good gunfighters in the faction and kind of just like who are the good support pieces and why go over their stat lines a little bit um and classify them a little bit that might be useful learning for people going forward and it won't be evergreen forever like hopefully these episodes will be uh for the life of n4 but it should should be useful for beginners to look at a faction and go oh these are this is what these pieces this is the tools at the disposal of this particular sectorial and this is who can who can use what and we can even do a little bit of talk about fire teams and stuff too yeah that's because i mean for beginner players you should start with a sectorial i think so yeah yeah model model demand is much lower and it limits your options a bit so you don't have like that analysis paralysis right where you're like you're overthinking the bajillion options that are in the hyperpowers like there's just so much now and this wasn't really a problem you know 10 15 years ago but like there's so many profiles in some of these armies now it's crazy do you think they'll ever change that they have a little bit I don't know. I mean, I don't know. There's combined army has a shocking number of profiles and it's just going up. Same with Pano. Pano has so like the more sectorials you have, the more the I, more the hyperpower faction goes up, right? Yeah, the, the like the big four of Pano, Yu Ching. I guess Nomads is right up there too, but I was gonna oh, yeah. say Hawk Islam, Nomads, and Combine. But I guess it's like all of them anyway now. <laughs> and Ariadna, sure. Why not? Throw them in there. Give them two new sectorials and see what three new sectorials. All of a sudden they have a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. and they and they and even with the, like the sectorials that are kind of not active there's still tons of stuff in there ariana has five sectorials yep. and absolutely and like that's without even the because because usually the sectorials get access to all the mercenaries so that's even not counting all the mercenaries like there's a few mercenaries available to the, the hyperpower factions but not all of them um this is a shocking amount of stuff and being able to mix and match like dogs with bears with straylocks with caledonians with whatever there is a reason why a lot of the tier one sort of like um conceptually the tier one lists are the hyperpower lists because they just get access to so much stuff that can mix and match right you can mix and match so many profiles from all the sectorials you just get so many options and when you're not worrying about link teams so much although you can still take duos um it it feels like a good one to end on because we'll have already talked about 
all of those individual pieces, you know, beforehand going through all the um yeah. the sectorials. Now you get a sunpick butt, an assassin, and a tag. <laughs> right? They <laughs> get Maggie, the sunpick butt, and the tag. You could just why just pick one? Why not have all of them? Yeah. Although Baram can do the the disgusting. I made it. I made a pretty shameless. I argue thing. that that guy has no purpose in that fashion. I suck in the Discord. The new the the Shadusha. What's the oh new the Shakush the Shakush yeah the Shakush. I I don't know. I I asked in the Discord if anyone can justify his existence in his faction, and the ass the ass no, the ass we are kind of prizes him out unfortunately. The book the Buktar is just him better. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and the Buktar like too. it's it's hard. It's real hard. Like the ass weird doesn't have tack aware, mm-hmm. so it's like all right, no, he's different, right? But the Buktar well, is half just points. him. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Anyway, that's uh, yeah. that's I'm, when I talk about that fashion. And that's I, I, I'm excited I, I, to learn. You are, right? Yeah, I know. Because... I think well, it should be it should be good because you're able to hear what other stuff does too. Mm-hmm. And you always hear about like your own faction, right? And so you guys are talking, and you guys reference so many things. And I like go to play, and then like some local listeners are like, "Oh yeah, that was what you guys talked about in that episode." I was like, "If you say so." There's a whole <laughs> lot of there's a whole lot of names being thrown out here, that's and I right. recognize very little half of them until they until they shoot some of your guys. Right. It's uh, it's not as easy to, to yeah, recognize. Do you remember what the Sunduck butt is now, Dan? Oh, I remember what the Sunduck butt is. <laughs> Sunduck butt, Sunduck butt is not easy to forget. I uh, I talked to the Sunduck butt to uh, Jordan actually for the tournament. He's probably gonna he's probably gonna take a fifteen order um, vanilla list. I think for for hack. That's yeah. pretty pretty mean. Yeah, it's gonna have it's 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 more of like a mixed bag than your double Maggie list, but it does have like the Rafik Maggie. The double um, Maggie is actually a uh, is not vanilla. It's a no, Rama. no. It's it's a Rama. Yeah, oh, it's, yeah. It's a Rama Task Force. Yeah, I know because they're only ABA one in um, in yes. vanilla. But the uh, the core of it is like that same sort of thing where you've got that big hitting piece, bunch of support pieces, and then like group two is like Gazi Gazi Delami Delami Delami. You know what I mean? All that like midfield sort of like jamming stuff. So there's plenty of plenty of disruption and plenty of like dependable hitting pieces and hackers and stuff too. So. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna do well. I hope so because he's been practicing for two months now for it, and he keeps going back and forth. We played. He played uh, Akon last weekend, and now he's back to to to, to hack us on. So it'll be fun. I think it'll be fun to, to do the next season and start digging through, and looking at um, the various uh, the various like units and stuff like that, and having that conversation. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Sweet. All right. Well, I uh, thanks everybody who joined us. Thanks Owen and Dan for hanging out and talking Infinity again tonight. Uh, we will be back next week starting to dive into factions. And I think maybe we'll do like a pre I'll, I'll, I'll leave that one again with OSSS and we'll do a preamble talking about a few concepts we can layer in for that, that, that next part of the season too. So thanks for listening, everybody. And good night. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.